Alright you guys, welcome back to the Disney Dilemma Podcast, where we discuss Disney's titles and what they did with them. I'm Gabe. I'm Carly. And I'm Madison. Alright, so today we are talking about Pixar movies. Again, this is our part two. Pixar's made a lot of movies. And we are going to start with Finding Nemo, and then after that we're going to go with The Little Dinosaur. The right? Good Dinosaur. The Good Dinosaur. <laughs> you know what I mean. That movie's, you know. And then we're going to go to The Incredibles, which is probably one of my favorite Disney movies. But we're going to start with... Finding Nemo. Okay, so in my opinion, Finding Nemo is like the most like iconic Pixar movie ever. So like disagree, but continue. Okay, whatever. (laughs) We can argue with that later. So um, there's two fish. There's marlin and coral, and then they have 400 million little baby fish. And then Um, they die. They all die from a barracuda. Yeah, they all die from barracuda. Barracuda comes in, comes in, kills the wife, eats all the eggs. Except for except for one. And then six years later comes Nemo. And he has like a deformed fin because of like the whole yeah, his, attack. His, his, his eggshell cracked and he didn't develop properly. Yeah. It jumps to like six years later when he's all excited to go to school. And Marlon is like, he's nitpicky. Like he is cuckoo. Like he's crazy. Like but he's paranoid he, about everything. You have to understand, ladies and gentlemen, this man just watched all of his children and wife die. Okay. So he's going to be a pretty weird man. Very overprotective. I mean, yes. He's, he's, he's very messed yes, up. Yes, what Madison said. He's ready to go to school, and Marlon's, like, scared about it. Mr. Ray picks him up. He's a stingray. The cool stingray. He acts like a bus. Yes. He is the bus, pretty much. So they go off, and he's playing with, like, the little kids and stuff, and then mm-hmm. there's the little squid. and Squid ink. Yes. You made me ink. Yes. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> I did not like that at Don't all. Don't ever do that again. Don't Got ever it. Do that again. <laughs> but um, then they get in like an argument, like him, like Marlon and Nemo get in an argument. He was always told not to go like into the open waters. Yeah, stay in the reef. Yes, kind of like um, Moana. Mm-hmm, pretty much, they get in an argument. So Nemo like swims off into the open. Yeah, and there's there's this big boat, and it takes them. The diver takes them. And it's like these scuba divers, and they're trying to catch fish. Yes. And because Nemo is mad that Marlon's being an overprotective parent because he doesn't realize the reality of the situation. He's like, I hate you, so Dad. He's like, I hate you, Dad. I'm going to go touch the butt. Because they called the butt. Yeah. That's really funny. And Marlon's like, don't touch the butt. I swear to God, Nemo, I'll beat your ass. And then, <laughs> and then he, touches the, he touches the boat. And then the scuba diver comes and flashes them all photographs. They all get stunned. And then he takes takes Nemo. Yeah. Okay, so... um. You know how well Marlon's paranoid and everything. So he's like looking around for Nemo and he's like asking for directions from like every single sea animal. animal. Yeah, because now he's chasing down the speedboat because yeah. he's got to get his son back. And then comes along Dory. Dory is like the most like iconic Pixar. Yeah, voiced by Ellen DeGeneres. Yes. Short term memory loss. Yes. Then that's when he meets um Dory and she tries to help him, but. You know, yeah, they she pr- can't remember. They they go anything. on this big adventure across the ocean, yeah. and they keep running into the problem where um Dory doesn't remember anything, and there's like this mask, Just keep swimming. and the mask from the scuba diver that fell off. That's how they know where to go, mm-hmm. but the problem is getting there before Dory forgets it. So then they find out like where Nemo is. Nemo is in a dentist office. He's placed in a fish tank, and he realizes like, kind of like where he is, and the dentist has a niece. Darla. Love Darla. Oh, yeah. Main antagonist of the movie. And um, so the dentist gives her a present, and her the present is Nemo. And Nemo's like, oh, crap. I'm going to, like, die. This little girl is going to kill me. And keep, keep in mind. all the other fish tell him about, like, every single fish she gets, 
she kills. Like, she's a yeah. serial killer, but fish. She's a bad, bad pet owner. Yeah. And she's also technically an accomplice to a criminal. Yeah. Because the Great Barrier Reef, as you may or may not know, is a protected area, wildlife area. And to go in and take a fish to put in a dentist's office, that's a crime. Jeez, Gabe. I didn't know that. So the dentist is a, is a convict. Whoa. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> but um, then one of the fish in the tank, his name's Gil, he um, tries to help Nemo escape because Nemo's like, yo, I'm not supposed to be in here. Like, I gotta leave. So um, their plan is to like jam the filter just so like he can get out. But that first, the first time didn't work. Go back to Marlin and Dory. And they go to the shark. They go to the sharks and they're like all friendly and everything. When they find like the mask and everything, they're arguing and they're fighting. So then Marlin hits Dory and those and she starts bleeding. And then um, there's Bruce, the big old shark. Big old great white. Yeah. Sniffs the blood, goes crazy because these sharks, they're like, they're part of like this like initiative to like not attack fish anymore. Yeah. They're vegetarians basically. Sharks go like, like ape shit when they smell blood, right? Pretty much. That's our one swear word for the podcast. Remember that everybody? Second swear word. Second swear word. I don't think, I I think you get unlimited asses, but I'm I'm not not allowed to say the SH word again. Okay. Remember that. (laughs) um, When sharks smell blood, they go crazy. And so he gets a whiff of the blood. Then the other sharks are like trying to keep Bruce back when Bruce is going and after like them. Trying to escape from And they it. they hide inside the barrel of a submarine for the they hide in the torpedo barrel. As Bruce keeps ramming into the side of the submarine, the torpedo falls off the rack mm-hmm. and hits one of these undersea landmines, causes this big explosion. Then the seagull, these two seagulls are sitting on the ocean. Bubble comes up. The other one's like nice, flies away, thinking he farted. When in reality, an entire uh, na- undersea minefield exploded. Pretty funny scene. Mm-hmm. And then they go down into like the deep part of the ocean, like the depths of the ocean. And that's when they find the angler fish, the one with the light. Mm-hmm. And they like started following it because at first you don't see it, you just see the light hanging. Right. They're because they're trying to use the light to like read the mask to see what it, like the directions are. Then they like see that's an angler fish, and then they start like swimming away. Big crazy chase. Yeah. Really scary. Mm-hmm. And um, the big, you know, the big group of fish that like transform into yeah, I the sar- were they sardines? Yeah, anchovies. They're like they, they said they were like moonfish. I don't uh. know what a moonfish is. They tell them like the directions and everything, and along the way they find like the little jellyfish. Oh my god! And yes. Dory is dumb enough to like bounce and like jump on them. Yeah. And then there's a part where she like almost dies, but that's besides the point. And, like, on the way there, they get accidentally swallowed, like, four different times. Because they're, like, just little fish. They get stuck in, like, a whale. They have to escape the whale. Yeah. But then, flashback to Nemo. Flashback. Jump to Nemo. Jump to Nemo. And um, he jams the filter again, but this time it actually works. So, it dirties, like, the tank up and everything. The dentist, like, takes them out and puts them in bags so, like, he can clean it out. That's when Nemo goes to Darla. And that's when he pretends to be dead. So then, um, I think he gets, like, flushed down the toilet. Yeah, I think so. That just so, right. like, he can escape. And, and then, then the other fish roll out of the bag into the ocean. Yeah. And then Marlin and Nemo, like, finally, like, reunite. And Dora gets caught in a fishing net. And then Marlin's like, leave her. But then they, like, go back, get her. Then happily ever after. I, I notice what, I don't necessarily know there's a name of the trope. But I feel like there's definitely a reoccurring theme in, like, movies, video games, and TV shows where it's the, um, 
I think I know what you're talking the, about. The dad's wife dies and the son gets kidnapped and now the dad has to go find the son. That's happened in like like several different things. Like I know it happened in a video game called Fallout 4. Oh, I'm totally going to. I totally Not know that you guys that. even know what that is. But you know, I, I think it's it's weird because it's such like a heavy serious plot line and they're talking fish for a children's movie. Which I think P- Pixar has done many times before is that they'll take something that's super heavy, like death, and try to like or bipolar depression, <laughs> and, and try to like you know they turn it make it a little movie. happier and turn it. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird how they do that. Yeah, but I like Finding Nemo. And my I think Finding Nemo is better than Finding Dory. Finding Dory sucks. Yeah. I know you know why Finding Dory sucks. Why? Because Finding Dory, Cars Two, and Minions. This is not Disney, but Minions. I love Minions. They all share a similar theme. Ready? Mm-hmm. Big crazy movie comes out, right? Cars, the world went crazy. Finding Nemo, world went crazy. Spick with me. Oh my gosh. And what happens is the children will focus on the goofy, stupid comic relief character, like the Minions or Mater or Dory. And so then the studio is like, I smell money. And then they'll make a half-assed movie after, like, as like a sequel. And it's just not good. Yeah. Because there's there's not enough of a plot. The plot is that look at this character; he's funny. I always like. I didn't like Dory as much. Like my, I always favorited either Marlin or Nemo. Right. Like, those are my two favorites. And Marlin's a hard character to like. Mm-hmm. I mean, he is one like s- like self loathing, self hating bastard. Yeah, I mean, he. I mean, he hates his life because his freaking wife and yeah. three hundred ninety nine other children died. Oh, I I'd have a chip on my shoulder too. How would you feel if your wife died and 399 of your kids died? Oh, I'd be very sad. Suicidal, even. Well, the son's probably the only reason why it keeps going. Yeah. Probably. Like, when we finally got back to Nemo, you might think, like, Marlon's a prick trying to leave Dory after all they've been through. But, I mean, think about it. Like, the only thing on his mind right now is saving a son. So, mm. it, it's not a surprise. Imagine that. if this was, like, a not a, like, fish and, like, a real-life movie. It would just be, like, really depressing. Yeah. Like, very, very depressing. <laughs> Yeah, like a tragedy. Yes. There's also kind of like another trope hidden in there, too. The enemies to lovers trope. Have you ever heard of that? No. It's in a lot of, like, books. For yeah, that seems more like a book group. thing. Oh, maybe I do know that. Because in The Walking Dead, in The Walking Dead, Negan becomes good in the end. Not exactly. So, basically, it's where two people absolutely hate each other, whether they truly know each other or not. And then, in the end... They get together and like they're in a relationship and they're happy and they're lovers. Wait, how does that have anything and, to do with like, it? Dory and Marlin didn't get together. Not fully. So throughout the movie, Marlin was like, like I hated hate her. You. Yeah. Yes. You're annoying. You're only with me to find my son. But mm-hmm. throughout the movie, and then they have by the end, she's like part of the family. Yeah. 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 Small I little mean, moment. Literally at the end of the movie, yeah. if you would watch the end of the movie, Dory like takes him to school. Like, it's so cute. So it's not Marlin anymore. Like, yeah. Yeah. Nemo has a new mom. Well, I don't know about... Mom. 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 Air quotes. More, more like an older... I feel like more like an older sister. Maybe. Yeah. That's true. Because I don't think Dory has a maturity to be a... Mom. Dory, oh God, no. Dory has a trash life, too. It's no wonder that Dory and Marlon get along so well. I because, mean, I mean... She, like, lost her freaking mom and dad, yeah. too, so... Yeah. And was, like, stranded in the ocean for her entire life. Yeah. Like, this just sucks. That's sad. That's unfortunate. One of my favorite scenes from Finding Dory is when she, like, they show her as, like, a little fish. Oh, with and, the like, the seashells? Eyes. Yes. 
And then when she's with the seals and like the zoo or whatever. You know what I really don't like? In Finding Dory. I know we're not supposed to talk about Finding Dory, but it doesn't really matter. I mean, it ties in with Finding Nemo. We can talk about it as much as we feel necessary. When she got sucked into the pipe from the undertow, why did her parents not go after her? Probably because they didn't want to die. Yeah, I know. But, but that's like, your kid. Like, if your freaking kid if, almost if, dies, if, wouldn't you? If go you're not after willing them? to actively die to save your child's life, I'm gonna go out and say you're not a good parent. They were probably just like in their heads. This is probably really dark, but they were just like, "Ah, eh, she'll forget anyways." Yeah, she'd be dead because she'd forget. She'd forget <laughs> because she's dead. But having said that. They never lost hope that Dory would get back to them. I mean, they kept laying shells for like 10 years after she... I, I mean, when she thought she was going to find them, all the other fish were like, your mom and dad aren't here. Yeah. It was, it was probably like, they were probably kind of shocked. Because, I mean, once they came to, they did go out and start looking for her. And they didn't stop till they found her. Yeah. So, I can't I take back what I said. They're not terrible parents. But still, like, they're you're going to get sucked not, up a tube. They're not fast-acting wouldn't your, wouldn't If you were a parent and your kid got sucked up from a tube, wouldn't you save them? Yeah, you give it your best shot. I mean, I guess, yeah, like, they'd have Like, you're not just going to stay in there and be like, well, but she's dead. Because, like, I mean, like, when when Marlin's family got attacked by the Barracuda, there's, there's Well, you couldn't do anything because you're, like, you. it's a thing that'd kill you. You can't do anything. Yeah. And Mar- Marlin knew what to do there. He was like, we got to get back to the sea anemone. Right? Yeah. But the mom dove after the eggs, which was not a very smart decision, but you're not going to think smart in a situation Well, I mean, she's like trying that. to save her children. Yeah, yeah but I mean, what are you going to do? Fight a barracuda? And Marlon went after the barracuda. Marlon's a very good parent. I like it Marlon. Is there are, like, your parents do have, like, those, like, mother or father instincts. Like, yeah. yeah. It's born into us. Mm-hmm. It's evolution. <laughs> well, speaking of animal characters that have no parents. Speaking of evolution. That have no parents. <laughs> Uh, Let's talk about the good dinosaur. I mean, the good dinosaur does have, did have parents. Yeah. With the good dinosaur, it's like millions of years ago, like when you know dinosaurs existed. Roamed the earth. Um, there was um, there's Henry and Ida. I think that's how you pronounce her name. I'm just yeah. never able to pronounce her name. They're the parents, and they have three little dinosaurs. There's Libby, Buck, and then Arlo. And Arlo became like came out as the tiniest dinosaur. Yeah, like, it's like the rut of the litter. Yeah, when like when they grew up, Libby can do stuff. Buck was able to do stuff, and then Arlo was like the little tiny dinosaur that like, could barely carry like baskets. So on the like field. um, it's kind of like it's almost kind of like in Canto. Like mm-hmm. Arlo grew up his whole life watching his siblings outperform him, and they always got praise from his parents, but he never did. Yeah. Then he grew up like he was the fragile little one, so he can't really do anything. So. His dad puts him, like, in charge of, like, guarding, like, the silo things. Mm-hmm. It has, like, the corn and all that in there. Yeah. And, um... Because the, these are not normal dinosaurs. Yeah. Like, the... They're like people. Like, they own a farm, like, a little farm the, land thing. The idea is the dinosaurs never went extinct. Yeah. So they continue to develop. And we don't know when the good dinosaur takes place. It might take place in modern day, for all we know. Probably not. But um, it takes place much after when the dinosaurs would have went extinct. And the dinosaurs have developed to the point where they're using tools and farming and crap. Yeah. When Arlo, like, is in charge of the silos and everything, he finds, like, there's a little boy trapped in there. It was, like, a feral little, like, cave boy. In the movie, like, he ends up naming him Spot because you don't, like, they don't know his name. Right. Like, he he doesn't, he wasn't supposed to kill him, but, like, the instinct, like, you're supposed to kill him. But he's, like... You know what? I'm not going to kill you. You're going to run away. Well, because his dad was like, all right, Arlo. Because the, what they do is they have the silo. And whenever you, like, complete... No, like, whenever you complete your first major task, 
like whenever you plow your first field or water mm-hmm. your first field or whatever, you get to print your, your paw print on the silo. Yeah. Narlo never got to. So his dad's like, listen, if you can catch and kill this animal that's stealing our food, you can get your mark on the silo. So Arlo's like, see, I've only watched the beginning of this movie, so I know this. Arlo's mm-hmm. like mad. He's like patrolling. He's like, I'm going to beat the crap out of this thing. And, and then, then it was a little tiny, like, frail boy. He gets to like the cave boy. Like, it was a skinny little like, boy. Like, a tiny little skinny boy. But he growls like a freaking dog. It's but... like a crackhead. And it's like a wild animal. <laughs> I would kill it. I'm not lying. If I was Arlo, I'd murk that thing instantly. <laughs> I saw a kid that looks and acts just like it today in the hallway. It's, oh. the, it's the equivalent of killing a raccoon, right? Oh. If I had a raccoon in a trap, I know you have a pet raccoon, Carly, so... Not your raccoon, but a, imagine a feral, angry raccoon, yeah. which is going to be your raccoon in about four years. Yeah. And it's super aggressive, and you have your baseball bat. It's tied up in a net. One shot, one kill. Painless, well, for you at least. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, you got to do what you got to do. Because if they let go of this raccoon baby boy thing, guess what? It's going to come back and eat food. So it, it decided its fate, right? Yeah. Okay. So, we're not going to get into the morality of killing yeah. past animals. Since, like, he let him run away, his dad, like, has him, like, helps him, like, track him. He's like, yo, you can't just let him go. So they're, like, going, and they're, like, on the little steep, like, mountain trail. And Arlo gets hurt, but then Henry, like, he decides, Henry's the dad. Yeah, yeah. And he decides to, like, turn back and, like, help him. But then, like, a flash flood comes. His dad's trying to help him, but he gets pulled into, like, the flood. Yeah. And dies. Kind of like the Lion King. Yeah. So Arlo now just has like has to help his mom. His mom finds Spot in the silo again and chases him. Like, well, Arlo chases Spot. When they're doing that, they like fall into a river. Um, Arlo is knocked out, but he's still alive. Um, he's lost. Like he's far from home. Like he has no clue where he is. So he tries to like survive on his own, but he's very like weak and frail, and like he doesn't know what to do. Yeah, it's because a like pencil neck thing. Yeah. Then Spot, like, she, he finds out Spot's, like, super strong because, like, they find, like, a snake and they try to attack him. And Spot, like, rips the thing apart. It's like a mongoose. Literally. And then Arlo, like, finds out that, like, his parents are dead. Like, Spot's parents are dead. So then they, like, kind of, like, get along because they have something in common. They have a nut, like, the other storm happens. There's multiple flash floods. They must live in a flash flood prone area like New yeah. Mexico or something. Probably. So the storm happens, and Arlo looks for shelter. So they sleep under the shelter that he finds, and then they wake up with Spot, and they find pterodactyls. The pterodactyls are, like, carnivores, so they're, like, they're trying to kill Spot. They're like, you're gone. I'm going to kill you. They run away, and then they um, encounter, like, T-Rexes. T-Rexes are good. Yeah, they are good. And because their names are Nash and Ramsey. And, One of them's voiced by Sam Elliott. And um, they scare the pterodactyls off. And Wait, Carly. What's the name of the flying dinosaur? <laughs> pterodactyl. Pterodactyl. I th- for a second, I thought you were pronouncing the P in that. I was going to make fun of you, but... No, I said pterodactyls. I thought you were saying pterodactyls. No, pterodactyls. I was like cracking my knuckles okay, ready to make fun of her. <laughs> I probably did once. But, um, so Arlo and Spot meet the two, um, T-Rex's dad. His name's Butch. And they have, like, a herd of steer. And they're lost, and they're like yo, you can join, like, our party thing if you help us find it. And Spot can, like, sniff. Like, he's a dog. He's literally, like, a dog. A dog man thing. Yes. And he, like, sniffs the herd out. There's these, like, things called rustlers, and they're velociraptors. And they're looking to, like, take the herd. Arlo 
actually like scares them off. Like this tiny little frail dinosaur. Well, we got to keep in mind that Arlo is a brontosaurus or brachiosaurus. Brontosaurus was the name was debunked in the 1980s in the paleontology community. And a velociraptor is about the size of a about three turkeys combined into one super turkey. Okay, Gabe. So, I mean, like, of course you scare them away. Okay, Gabe. So, um, <laughs> Ar- Arlo helps, like, lead the herd back. Yeah, I'm such a nerd. And then they, like, they, on their way back, they see, like, these humans, because they've, like, never seen humans before. And they're like, let's just ignore that. We're just going to ignore it. We're going to keep walking. And then there's another storm. A lot of storms. I know. There are so many storms. Like, like this movie's got more storms than Twister. Twister. And, you know the movie about the storm chasers who chase after tornadoes? Totally. It's a really I don't uh, watch a movies, Gabe. You know I don't watch it. That's true. Uh, so then the pterodactyls return, and then they try to attack the two. Arlo survives, but they take a spot. Arlo, he's just, like, walking back, but then he has, like, a vision of his dad. He ends up, like, running back to spot because so this is literally just a lion king <laughs> pretty much yeah. literally lion Remember king in are, dinosaur form but then like arlo's like i formed a bond with this they should have kid. named it the movie the dinosaur king <laughs> <laughs> like arlo's like i like this kid like me and him have like grown a bond together so i'm gonna go back and then his dad's like super proud and it was like the vision like when um simba like sees his dad yeah. and everything and then it like vanishes arlo like attacks paradactyls Pterodactyls. <laughs> just, just say, ter- up, just say pteranodon ter- from here on out. <laughs> Pterodactyls. The two are like thrown into the water. They're just like cruising down the water. Almost hit a waterfall. So how come when they fall into the water they're fine, but when his dad falls into the water he instantly dies? I don't know. Maybe because he's bigger. Maybe. Then maybe. His dad? Well, I mean his dad is bigger, but I don't know how if you're bigger you die. Well, you can't swim. Maybe he never learned to swim. But then again, an Iowa-class battleship is heavier than both those dinosaurs that can float. Okay. We also have to take into account buoyancy, which has nothing to do with this podcast, so yeah. continue, Carly. We are not in science <laughs> class or math class. Okay. They almost drown, and then Arlo saves Spot. They get back on land, and they're just, like, still, like, traveling home. Spot hears, like, calls of, like, cavemen. Then he's like, oh, crap, that's my family. He doesn't, Spot doesn't want to leave Arlo because they have, like, they, 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 like, they have like the like a big close bond together but arlo's like you know what like you need to like, be with your family be free and they they were crying they were crying have you ever seen harry and the hendersons no i uh, think i have you have i think i have holy crap Carly's seen a movie. <laughs> it sounds very familiar, and so I think I have seen it. the family adopts a Sasquatch, but the Sasquatch has to leave, and they're all crying. Oh, my God. Yes. They have to. Yes. Because the Sasquatch can't stay with them, so he has to yes. go live with his tree people. Yes. But all I can think when you say that is Alf, the alien thing. No, I know what you're talking about. Uh, when I was little, movie. I watched that movie, and I bawled so my weird. eyes out because it was so sad. It was sad. So they, like, cry, and then they say their goodbyes. Arlo finally, like, finds his way home. And that's when he, like, gets to see his mom and his, like, siblings again. Since he's, like, he went through all that, he finally got to put his print in between his mom and his dad's Yeah, you know, I've, I've never seen Alf the Alien. That looks like some weird Muppet <laughs> bastard Wait, I want to thing. See? Hold on. It's a TV show my um, grandpa watches when oh. he recorded it from, like, the 1900s. 1900s. Oh, Jesus. But, like, that's the end of The Good Dinosaur. 
<laughs> Ew, I've seen that thing before. I've never watched that show, but I've seen that. Yeah, it's kind of gross, but... It's disgusting. I feel like a lot of special effects from the 80s were gross. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. I didn't like that. Like, have you ever watched The NeverEnding Story? No. It's yes. Just, oh, you have? Yes. I remember when I was a kid, the rock biter, that big rock guy that rides in on the moped, <laughs> like the massive rock moped, it uh-huh. was just like, scared the crap out of me. It was like a stop motion thing. And then there was the racing snail that, like, burns out when it, like, gets, gets going. And then the horse gets... When you said turbo? racing scale, remind me of Dad Turbo. The, turbo. the, the horse that, that drowns in the swamp sand. Mm-hmm. Then Atreyu is, like, stabbing a werewolf to death with Okay, a, this is literally not... <laughs> Your abominable snowman is showing. And, you know, <laughs> that, that movie, fun fact, the reason why they couldn't do a sequel is because in the book... The second half of the book, the boy who unlocks the powers from the book goes crazy and starts killing everybody with his luck dragon. Oh, this is wow. totally Pixar. Hey, yeah. you know, we are a movie podcast. That True. means that, because I mean, the Disney dilemma is, well, we have never actually determined what the Disney dilemma really means, but it just sounds good. But, <laughs> yeah, we just picked it because it sounds good. Comparing it to other movies is part of that process. True. Yeah, I think. I don't know. I don't true, know. true, I, true. I got no idea what I'm saying. But, like, else. with the good dinosaur, it is pretty much the dinosaur version of the Lion King. Yeah. Like, he goes through a little journey. His dad dies. Goes through a little journey. Like, meets his family again. Like, that's... And, you know, my friend was t- who watches a lot of movies was telling me... Because I remember telling him that Moana is a Western. Because it's got the same plot as, like, a big Western movie, which we talked about. Mm-hmm. And um, he said... What happens is whenever you get a really, really big movie that completely changes the movie game, a lot of other movies will like subconsciously copy off of that, right? Yeah. So like when A New Hope came out, when A New Hope came out, it like everything went crazy, right? Like this movie changes the game. And so Moana subconsciously shadows A New Hope, right? Mm -hmm. So like what could have happened is The Lion King was so big, all these crazy, like, took the world by storm and so the writers of the good dinosaur either they planned to or they didn't intend to but it's it would naturally follow the lion king because it worked yeah it's the pirates of the caribbean effect you were talking about yeah same same idea like not gonna lie this is like my least favorite out of the three it's like, everybody's least favorite. i think it's just because it's like so new and like it's not as much it's this like not as much action by the masses the good dinosaur is considered like the worst movie pixar's ever made really yeah I mean, I don't blame him. Like, I don't think it was a horrible movie. I just think it was kind of boring. Mm-hmm. Not as good. Yeah. But a better movie. Yeah, if you want action, The Incredibles has got you covered. Yeah. Now, The Incredibles is like this 19... It starts takes it starts off in like the 50s mm-hmm. with like this crazy night where like a bunch of stuff happens. Like a bunch of villains attack this town. There's bomb voyage. Or like just attack helicopters. All these superheroes are doing what they do, rescuing people, etc., etc. The big problem occurs when Mr. Incredible stops this train, right? Mm-hmm. And in stopping the train, he like hurts everybody inside. And then this man tries to jump off a tower to commit suicide, and he stops it. But in doing so, he like oh, when he was trying to like be like him and be like, I'm just like you. I can. Are you talking about the little? That's we're we're getting a buddy. Uh, so that's what about first. <laughs> this this dude jumps off. This is all in one night. I, that's the one thing I thought about is that how the heck is all this crap going down one night? This man jumps off this tower. Mister Incredible like intercepts him, tackles him through the next building, saves his life. 
but like seriously maimed him. There's this dude named Buddy who's supposed to be like this. Like, like he he wants to be he he's wants to be um Mr. Incredible Sidekick. Yeah. He's got but he doesn't have superpowers. But he built like boots so he could fly. That's pretty basically all the technology that he had. And then Mr. Incredible is like, you're not working with me. Flash forward like 10 or so years. It, it, superheroes were, um, the government mandated them to go into hiding mm-hmm. because society hated superheroes, right? Didn't really like work. Su- yeah. Like superheroes didn't work. Every time they try to save anything, they just cause more damage, which is realistic. Mm-hmm. And you get Bob Parr, who was Mr. Incredible, who married Alaska girl, who was another superhero. And um, they have like three superpowered kids. Jack, Jack. So cute. I love Jack, Jack. Bob's depressed because being a superhero was so cool, so thrilling. And now he works in insurance. Him, his, He's like all big and he yeah. drives this little tiny car. <laughs> and um, what happens is he gets a letter in the mail. You see, there's this organization that, so Syndrome, so Buddy becomes Syndrome, right? This evil mastermind who's like hell bent on like ridding the world of superpowered people mm-hmm. and the way he does this is his master plan was to develop this big tech company and they build these robots and what happens is the robot gets built mm-hmm. a superhero ex-superhero gets a letter in the mail we have a special operation for you we know you're a superhero this robot crash landed on this island it's escaped the lab we need you to take it out the robot kills a superhuman right mm-hmm. so they send another letter out when a super, whenever a superhero defeats this robot, Syndrome makes a new model to like like work on its, the mistakes it made. Kind of like how Iron every suit Iron Man makes like mm-hmm. is solves the last problem he had with it. And so it's kept going and going and going all the way up until the now where Mr. Incredible gets a letter in the mail. You know, same sh- thing. Kills the robot. Okay, I'm a superhero now. He thinks he thinks everything's going right, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a superhero again. I'm like this cool undercover superhero. He gets in great shape. He gets a new superhero suit. But then what happened is that Syndrome made a new robot. This robot was like, because the, fir- the first problem was the robot like destroyed itself. But now mm-hmm. this robot doesn't do it. Because it's it, he, the there's a theory that the last robot was designed to take out Frozone. Oh, yeah. That's why it's temperature proof. But um, Mr. Incredible ended up taking it out. So the new and improved robot can like take out any superhero. Because Mr. Incredible is one of the strongest superheroes. So once you can take out Mr. Incredible, that's how strong the robot needs to be. And so Mr. Incredible's captured. Uh, his wife, Elastigirl, I'm going to go find him. There's this tracking thing on a suit that Edna Mode put in. Edna Mode's like the suit, suit designer for all superheroes. And so is she, she the short little one yeah. with the glasses? Mm-hmm. I like Edna Mode. She's fun. Mm-hmm. Girl goes on this jet to go rescue, to go bust out Mr. Incredible. You know, Bob and what's her name? Elena? Ella? Elena? What's Elastigirl's name? Helen. Hella? What is it? I don't think it's Helen or Helena. And, um, I think it's Helen. And she didn't realize that her two children, Dash and Violet, snuck onto the plane because they want to help out or something. And Dash can run really fast and Violet can turn invisible and create force fields. And so. Jack Jack turns red. Jack Jack. Jack Jack. And he gets mad. Jack Jack has every superpower, but they don't realize that till the second movie. Yeah. And those planes flying in, and Syndrome has them captured. He's like, when Mr. Incredible learned about the operation, it was when he was sneaking around the base. He tricked a security signal, whatever. And so he's being interrogated by, by Syndrome. He's like, you let out a distress signal. Who would you contact? 
He's like, what are you talking about? He's like, there's a government plane asking for permission to land here. It's Helen. Helen. And you sent out you sent out this distress signal. We know you call for somebody. He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. So it's like, so you won't mind if I blow up this plane, right? Bob is like super sad now because he thinks his wife and kids died. They mm-hmm. didn't. They get onto the island to try to break him out. But they're too late because Syndrome's plan is to t- launch this robot into the big city. Take it out because he can control it and act like he took it out. He said, with my technology, you can take out robots too. And his plan is to sell all of his like laser boots or like his like laser guns and like his his flying boots and stuff. Because his idea is that if everyone has superpowers, that nobody's a superhero anymore. <laughs> Which, because so, he hates superheroes so much. The Incredibles come back, plus Frozone. Frozone's back. Together, they take out this big robot. And it's this big, fun thing. Syndrome dies. He flies into a plane The robot's turbine. the one that like comes out from like the ground, right? Yes. Yeah, when big... they're like at... Um... Not Jack Jack. Um, what's his face? Da- Dash's track. Yeah, Dash's that's the track. underminer. Oh. The underminers that do on the big drill. The robot I'm talking about is that black ball with the arms. You know, and I was ringing a bell. Yeah. Yeah, I I, th- I think the movie's great. I think it's got a lot of good action sequences and stuff. However, I do think that Syndrome was right. You know, I don't think superheroes are, should exist. I, in my opinion, I think they do create more like damage than yeah. what they actually can. Like. You could easily, like, take down, like, a supervillain without, like, destroying the whole entire city. Right. Like, it's not that hard. And, like, a lot of superhero movies touch on that. Like, in The Avengers, they were like, yeah, sure, you stopped Loki's invasion, but at what cost? The amount of damage you dealt, it doesn't even make a difference. Like, Mm -hmm. the military will have been able to handle it without causing as much damage. Yeah. The military will have been able to take out um, Sokovia without causing as much damage. Because when you take, like, a dozen super, super powerful people, they are not going to be able to effectively contain a, a, a massive threat like that. Yeah. The Nightmare Before Christmas. Hmm? The ending? I've never seen The Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, my goodness. I have, but I don't remember everything. Um, the ending is basically where Jack Skellington is flying around as Santa and terrorizing everybody. So the military has to go out and get, like, equipment to stop him. So they're, like, shooting at him in the sky and take him down. He doesn't die, but... That's cool. It kind of reminds <laughs> me of what you're talking about. Shooting down Santa Claus, that's, that's based. <laughs> An evil Santa Claus. Well, yeah. But so. Santa Claus saves the day, so... But I like... I think... I like the first Incredible was better than the second one, but I kind of like it how they ended... Like, they ended it off. Right. And then they, like, picked back up where, like, they stopped. Hey, you know, that's one of the cases of um, the bad guy being the protagonist. Yeah. It's always such a rare thing. Because would you say the Jack Skellington guy is a bad guy? No. But you just said he was evil. Other people see him as evil. Oh. But he's good. He's trying to do good, but in the wrong way. Ah, so like an anti-hero. Yeah. But I kind of like... I love how we're talking about this. <laughs> we're talking about the Incredibles. But I like how they... um. Maybe we need to create a separate podcast called the Disney Dilemma Dilemma. Yes. <laughs> where it's we talk about how we've never been able to maintain topic for six minutes. Yes. But like I like how they... They ended the first Incredibles at um, Dash's track meet. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's big, big cliffhanger. And like, the and then they took ten years to make literally, a and it ended right there. Like they were about to fight the other like robot, and then it ended. Right. Te- yeah, te- like Gabe said, ten years later, it picks back up. Like literally, like the Incredibles fans are watching this and they're like, "Oh, sweet, they're definitely gonna make a second movie." Look how they ended this one. Then Cars came out. Then Cars Two came out. Then Cars 3 came out, then Wally came out, then Toy Story 2 came out, Toy Story 3 came out, Toy Story 4 came out. It's like, 
I, and then they finally, just, the Incredibles. Did they forget about the Incredibles? I don't. I don't, I don't understand. Know. <laughs> but the thing is, like, since it was so long, you'd probably have to like rewatch the first one right. before you even rewatch. The I one. think like a Pixar executive woke up one morning and was like, "Crap!" I'm like, "Oh my god, I forgot the guys. The we forgot about the Incredibles. <laughs> we ended it and never finished. We need it. to make another movie. It's like the One Direction effect. But like, it's it wasn't bad. Like, it wasn't like uh-huh. a. Oh crap! Like we gotta like just put something together. Yeah. Like it was actually That's like a pretty solid sequel. Yeah, maybe they forgot about it for like five years and then like worked on it for like honestly. Five years. Most Pixar sequels aren't very good. The yeah. only really good one's Toy Story two. Yeah. So all things considered, it was a really good sequel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Other than it being like ten years later, slightly overdue, just a little bit overdue. Yeah. Like half the voice, half the cast freaking died because they waited so long. Like mm-hmm. Rick Decker, I love that name. Um, <laughs> oh my god Gabe. Rick, Rick Rick Dicker they had to get a new voice actor you know a bunch of stuff yeah. but uh, that's all the time we have for today folks tune in next Thursday for our next episode we are going to be talking about what we're going to be talking about Pixar again Pixar again woohoo woo yeah